Technology stocks gain, but the rest of the sectors out there fell yesterday in the US as better than expected big technology earnings boosted sentiment, but, but, but another 30% plunge in the First Republic Bank shares and that chatter about what will happen to the First Republic Bank and beyond the First Republic Bank set on the headlines yesterday. Now, the good news is the stress level around the First Republic Bank is much lower than what we saw during the Silicon Valley Bank's collapse, but the Bad news is, well, the stress in banks is not fully over just yet. So welcome. This is Swissco's Daily Market Talk. So yesterday was a good trading session for the big technology stocks, but a bad session for most of the rest. Yes, Microsoft jumped more than 7% yesterday and that, despite the UK's antitrust watchdog blocking its plans to buy Activision Blizzard for 69 billion US dollars, while Facebook's Meta jumped 12% in the after hours trading yesterday after the company announced that its number of active users per month grew actually it grew by five percent and sales grew for the first time after three straight quarter of losses so apparently refocusing on the social media platform and the social media business and just forgetting a minute about that metaverse ambition seemingly helped strengthen the back of the company of meta in the latest quarter google on the other hand was in the positive at yesterday's trading session but reversed gains as to drop in its advertisement revenue for the second straight quarter actually weighted heavier on the investor appetite rather than the companies actually announcing its first ever profit on its cloud business, which was obviously good news as well. Now, all in all, the Nasdaq 100 eked out a 0.64% advance at yesterday's trading session, but, but, but the S&P 500 slid around 0.40% as the continued sell-off in the First Republic Bank shares and the mounting stress regarding what will happen to the First Republic Bank and how the other regional banks will actually be shaken due to the First Republic Bank sell-off led to a risk of sell-off in all sectors yesterday, except for the technology. First Republic Bank shares plunged another 30% yesterday, and no one really knows at this point of the game what will happen to the First Republic Bank. But we know that the letter activates the mini-bank crisis mode, but mini-mini-mini, and leads investors to wonder whether the Federal Reserve would go ahead with next week's so far mostly certain 25 base point interest rate or not. And the truth is, the probability given to a 25 basis point hike for next week's FOMC meeting in the US is being pulled lower since the start of this week. It is now around 70% level, while the odds of a 25 basis point hike next week were up to 90% when this week started. So that was before the First Republic Bank revealed its latest quarterly results. So, we see the U.S. yields under the pressure of the banking woes yet again. The U.S. two-year yield consolidates below that 4% psychological mark right now without, however, and that's important, without, however, showing the same level of excess volatility and stress that we saw when the Silicon Valley Bank went under last month. Because it's certainly, well, because uh, First Republic Bank news don't come as a shocker, obviously, uh, but they come as a knock-on 
effect of the Silicon Valley bank's collapse last month, and investors know that any banking stress that would result from the First Republic Bank situation and whatever happens could be relatively rapidly contained. And in the sense, well, actually, we saw the SPDR's US Regional Bank Index even ended yesterday's trading session with a 0.61% gain. We, however, also know that the latest layer of stress in banks due to the First Republic bank stress will likely lead to an additional tightening in the credit conditions in the US, a higher recession odds, and probably a heavier hand for the equity bears. Even more so as the risk premium that the US equities offer today to their holders on the US 10-year treasuries, which is obviously considered as being the safest asset in the investment universe, has come to the lowest level since the 2007-2008 global financial crisis. And that for two main reasons. The first reason is that while well, the US 10-year yield died for years as a result of ultra-loose monetary policy from the Federal Reserve and years of near-zero interest rate policy. And two, while the equity valuations went through the roof during the same period of time, and that was obviously again thanks to the cheap liquidity from the Federal Reserve. But now, just right now, the exact opposite is happening. The Federal Reserve is hiking the interest rates, and that leads to higher yields, obviously, and the Federal Reserve tries to pull liquidity out of the market in the same time by also trying to shrink the size of its balance sheets, huge balance sheets. And as a result, well, the US equities don't compensate well the investors at the current situation for taking the risk of holding these risky equities. And obviously, add to that the fact that this MP 500's 12-month forward P ratio is at the highest levels in a year, around 18 times, and the highest levels since the pandemic, actually. Well, there is little incentive for a rational equity investor to continue piling into the US stocks today and at the current level. So the S&P 500 looks more likely than not to extend its decline to and perhaps below the 4,000 psychological mark. Now, UBS points at their latest report that, historically speaking, at the actual P ratio levels, the S&P 500 earnings were about 14% on average. And today, well, the expectation is around a 5% fall in earnings in the second quarter. And their own forecast, so the UBS team own forecast, is a 5% contraction in the S&P 500 earnings. So just I'll let you do the math. The S&P 500 should not be extending rally further from the actual levels, not when earnings fall and not when yields Mounts. Anyway, today it's Amazon's turn to go to the earnings confessional after the bell and maybe follow up on the other big technology companies encouraging first quarter results. On the economic calendar, well, the US durable goods orders, which came in yesterday, well, came in better than expected for the month of March. And the US will update its GDP number for the first quarter today. Now, analysts expect a slowing growth in the US to 2% 
from 2.6% printed earlier. A negative surprise in the US GDP figure could further boost the Federal Reserve dose and pull the interest rate hike expectations in the US lower, but, but, but I'm not sure that there would be any incentive to flock back into the equities before there is more clarity for the First Republic Bank. Elsewhere, crude oil is again, again, not liking the banking stress as the barrel of American crude slipped below the 50 and 100 day moving average supports yesterday. Even a 5 million barrel fall in the US inventories didn't help throwing a floor under the sell off in energy yesterday. So now we are back to the levels that we have seen before OPEC announced a production cut. So that's quite a bingo for the inflation expectations. On the US debt front, the Republicans passed a bill yesterday to raise the US debt ceiling and to avoid a potential government shutdown or potential default on the US debt payments. And the US one month yield rebounded as a result of that vote. But, 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 but that bill is not expected to pass the Senate due to obviously the severe spending cuts that Democrats would uh, obviously veto. And even if it did pass, well, Joe Biden would certainly block it. So voila, the US dollar remains under the pressure from the renewed bank stress and the ongoing debt ceiling debate in the US. The euro dollar, on the other hand, flirted yesterday with the 111 offers as the European Central Bank interest rate high expectations remain quite intact, while the Federal Reserve interest rate high expectations soften. Cable, on the other hand, is testing the 125 resistance in the UK, while the dollar again slides below the 50-day moving average in the run-up to Mr. Ueda's first monetary policy meeting in Japan. So this is all for today. I'm Ipekos Kardeshkaya and thank you for joining me and thank you for all your interesting messages and feedbacks. I hope this episode of Market Talk has also been helpful and insightful to you. So please do not hesitate to leave your comments your reactions and your questions below as usual and follow us on instagram on twitter and on linkedin for regular market updates and subscribe of course to our youtube channel for daily market comments i will meet you again tomorrow and until then good day trading